You press the button? Yep. All right. We're in chapter 11 in Matthew for our Sunday study. That will be a late night. That'll Sunday be a late study. night Sunday study, and I'm sorry to everybody if anybody was waiting on it. But we're here. We're in chapter 11. But before we go ahead and start, go ahead and just take a quick moment to say a prayer. And um, if there's anything that you need, anything that we can help with, uh, we've got a website for the home church, APHomeChurch.com. You can go check it out there and message us, and we can lift anything up in prayer, um, help with anything that you might need, uh, whatever you need. It's all on there. All right. I'm going into uh, chapter 11. Jesus has just finished giving his disciples their mission to go out and spread the news. Verse 1. When Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? <laughs> yeah, even at, well, at this point, I mean, obviously John, who is the messenger to prepare the way for Christ, is sitting in prison. And so he's like, um, I thought you were supposed to deal with sin and, and call people to repentance. And those who didn't repent, you were supposed to judge and you were supposed to bring in the king. What's, why am I in prison? So even John the Baptist, opposition was just starting to grow against Christ's ministry. So even John the Baptist was still like, um, you him? Which seems so... Which does seem crazy, but it just shows you to what extent even they didn't quite understand the full picture yet. Uh, they hadn't, you know, they were they were expecting something different, although he, Jesus' ministry is completely fulfilling prophetically here at this point what was prophesied of it. And Jesus kind of answers here in a stinging response to John uh, exactly what his ministry and purpose was at first. So it says on four, and Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. <laughs> so that was. That ouch. should be what we have on TV. <laughs> I know. I like that. You know, you see everybody. Blessed does, is the one who is not offended by me. Everybody does. What's that? Philippians 4 17. Is that what it is? Or 3 17? Whatever. You know. Four. Uh, yeah. But, you know, every, we've got all these ones that are the big ones everybody has on every mm -hmm. sign, every t shirt. How come I never see Matthew 11? Yeah, 11 6. Blessed is the one who's not offended by me. Um, but I love that. Blind to see their sight, the lovers walk. Uh, all these are Old Testament prophets. Or I'm sorry, Old Testament prophecies of what the Messiah will do. So, so verse 7. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? 
A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out and see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent taken by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him, he's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. Then he began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done, because they did not repent. Woe to you, Horazon! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, you would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. That's pretty harsh. What does that mean? That means exact. he's speaking to unrepentant cities. Obviously, the uh, John the Baptist and his disciples just came to him asking if he was the the Messiah that was to come. And he pointed out all the different reasons why he was definitely the Messiah to come and why they should have realized that it was him, the Messiah to come. And he's starting off here uh, through his his hometowns. Uh, Horizon is in Gal in the Galilee region. So he's really he's starting, and that's why he said, you know, a prophet in the hometown too as well. So he's starting inside um, his which is interesting enough in itself because we talk about how judgment works and everything like that when we talk about it we talk about how it starts from inside the church and then it works it's you know but it never works its way out to the world it just stays within us but um it's it's funny how the lord will have those types of um parallels even like with this to where the judgment starts right in the middle right was right from home and then it works its way out usually so what he's saying for for this is is these people should have realized that this is the messiah that was here and that you should repent and woe to these cities who don't repent at given the opportunity to accept the gospel and to accept Christ. Mm -hmm.
I love, though, here in verse uh, 23 and 24, where he says, even Sodom, sinful Sodom, which we know we get a, we already have a biblical picture in Genesis of what Sodom was like. Um, and he was saying if even Sodom, the Messiah had been revealed to Sodom and they'd seen all these things that had happened in Sodom, they would have repented. They would have repented. Even them being as bad as they were. Mm -hmm. But yet this generation, no. <laughs> like, you gotta, if you get compared to Sodom, he's like, hey, even they would be better than you. Like, that's, that's, that's pretty deep. Next level bad. Yeah, that's pretty deep. So 25. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and reveal them to the little children. <clears throat> this right here, uh, the, the kingdom of heaven requires faith and humility to grasp. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows ex the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal to him. Choosing to reveal to him would be salvation um, for, them, for those he chooses to reveal to the Father. Um, all things have been handed over to him by the Father that shows a role and obviously that shows Christ's understanding of his his role in subjection to the Father even but he knows that he's been given all authority from the Father and nobody truly knows Jesus except for the Father so that's exactly for what he says when no one truly knows the Son except for the Father. Because obviously, our, to us, our understanding of God only is beyond our human limitations. So our understanding of Jesus, even though he was man, is still the same. It fits under the same category because we can't fully understand God. Verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Obviously, this is a very, very attractive uh, message to those who aren't Pharisees and Sadducees. They're like, okay, well, these religious burdens would be are huge that yeah. we have on us. These laws are so many that they can't even keep track of them. And no matter what you do, you're constantly breaking something because there's just so many little things you could never keep up. And honestly, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out here. This fits right along in with what we've been fighting with the Catholic Church as well yep. recently. Traditions of men. We have, we have been definitely had a large opposition from the Catholic Church uh, recently because all of our different Catholic Church podcasts have come out but this is the same thing I mean um, placing needing things like confession and 
mass your and mass and your prayers and different things like that. I mean, that's all putting yoke on there that's completely unnecessary in a tradition of man. And none of that, none of that is that that's re- that's religious legalism is what mm-hmm. that is and that, there's it's there's none of that in Christ so that was that was the end of chapter 11 you can go into chapter 12 I think we're gonna go into chapter 12 oh gosh oh, I love this one <laughs> <laughs> I do too but everybody just argues it and i feel so much is so simple if we just read it yeah which we're not context and literally apply we keep putting these out here we're not we're not doing religious debates or apologetic i mean we we are but that's not what we're trying to do so we're just trying this is not open to interpretation here this is the word of god this is not based off of your super jewish understanding there's more to it than these little intricacies that you think that you have to have to attach to the word. There's, it's, it's not like that. It says what it means, and it, and means, it means what, what it, it says. says. And we have the authority to read it for ourselves. Yes. You know, from God. <laughs> what? <laughs> Chapter 12. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would have not condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So what does that mean? (laughs) Well, he's kind of through... The whole chapter, he's pointing out that the point is not these, um, you know, isn't the uh, religious regulation, the religious regulation, or the you know, the the practice of it, but the heart of it, yeah, where that was, and obviously none of their hearts were correct. Mm-hmm. They're sitting there going, oh, you're plucking heads of grain on the Sabbath. You're eating. They're pointing fingers. And it's like, Jesus is like, they were hungry. That's why he put, you know, he's like, that's why David went into the temple and ate the bread. Which it is funny that they bring up that story because when you read that in Old Testament context, you're like, oh, my goodness, David. Well, yeah, I mean, especially what David did, too, because we know that somebody even stepping foot... Yeah, so that in he there did that was just was I mean, let alone eat. I mean, that but was yeah, we horrible. turn our head and look the other way. Yeah, but yeah, we go. Oh, that I guess that never happened. But it's like really because David was that David should have just been struck down right there. Talk yeah. to Aaron about that. Yeah, how are your sons doing? But he, he and then he go. Well, he was hungry. He did what he had to do, and then he he goes to point out, and he's saying, here 
don't you even realize that priests on the Sabbath, you understand that they're working. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they have to profane the Sabbath to be working in the temple. So where's your argument there? Why why are you not pointing fingers at them saying, oh, they're doing what they had to do? Oh, because it doesn't that's fit what your they're agenda. doing because it doesn't fit your agenda. Oh, exactly. So that's the heart of this issue. And this here. is where this this is why I pointed out that you don't need any you know super Jewish knowledge to understand these you know the book of Matthew because it's actually pointing against yeah. the the uh, religious leaders of Jesus day which pointed fingers at every little thing mm-hmm. obviously and that's what this whole chapter or that's what this whole section was about but the point is is that the sat he is the Sabbath the Lord is the Sabbath it's not your practice. It's not your thoughts. It's not your offerings. It's so that's what that's what that's all about. I'm pointing out the obviousness of the whole system. The whole system. First night. He went on from there and entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand, and they asked him, "Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath?" So they might accuse him. He said to them, Which one of you who has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out, and it was restored, healthy like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. Instead of instead of realizing this miracle, they just decided how to go against. Verse 15. Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there, and many followed him, and he healed them all. And he ordered them not to make him known. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench, until he brings justice to victory. And in his name the Gentiles will hope. Then a demon-oppressed man who was blind and mute was brought to him, and he healed him. So the man spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? They were like, Wait, I thought David was a warrior king. What? This is weird, but he just healed this guy. So you're doing amazing things. Yeah. You're not like, like overthrowing Rome. But yeah, so. but you're not. I don't really understand what's going on here. What's happening? But also, this is, again, you can see in Isaiah that it's prophesied that there's going to be, it's going to be a suffering servant. This is going to be, he's going to be rejected. And these things, you're. you're again, the point that when you look at Old Testament, it almost looks like it is describing two messiahs. 
one that right. is the suffering servant and one that is this warrior son of David. Yeah, it's, it, it is. And, and so you get this kind of like, well, what? I don't quite understand. And Which that's why they didn't understand. There's some sects of Jews today that believe that there will literally be two, two separate messiahs. Yeah. Yeah. One that is the yeah. suffering servant and one that's that. But then you look at this whole image of Christ first and then second mm-hmm. coming. And it, I mean, everything right. perfectly everything falls fits in line. together. And you see the point for it. Mm-hmm. But they didn't want to look at what was right in front of them. So <laughs> here we go. This gets even better. Yeah. And all the people were amazed and said, can this be the son of David? So that was where we were at. But verse 24. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, it is only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this man casts out demons. <laughs> so Satan is casting out by Satan. Yeah. So he's he's... Like, what kind of logic does that, like, make that he's exercising demons? But then I feel like you sit down and you talk with religious people. Oh, yeah, then it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you can see it. And you're you're like, like, are you kidding me? Yeah, you're like, how do you not see that? literally your best, Yeah, is that the best that you got? Yeah, and it literally is. Yeah, that that is. Um, You like this part right here, the beginning of 25. Yeah, this 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 is my favorite. I mean, this says... This indicates, obviously, that it's his divinity right here. Mm -hmm. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. That whole part right there, how Christians don't understand that in everyday life, I don't understand. We look around and we are in a country that's divided. Everything is divided straight down the middle. We can't have conversations without California being split in two, with Florida being split, with you know, and these are just little examples. And we're, But as a nation itself, we're completely divided as a nation. And it's it's if if we're fighting against each other if we're doing these things how do you think that we're going that that this is going to get any better or there's any future in that i i don't understand how you don't realize this because it will not stand if you think that our country is too big to fall i mean you're wrong think again think again well this this is one of those things that drives me nuts, and I understand people, it's meant to be, like, funny, but it drives me crazy. But you see all of those, like, yard signs that say a house divided, and they have the two sports teams, you know, like here in Carolina with, uh, what is it? Uh, you're exactly, yeah, you're exactly Duke and the Tar Heels. Heels. Yeah, you're exactly right about that. But we see little things like that all the time, and we take it as we laugh at it or joke about it. House divided, and we we put our babies in onesies with this and all of this, and it's like, do you not understand what that means? Because you don't clearly. Like 
Okay, so I'm not saying the joke is kind of funny sometimes. It's, it's, I get like the houses and I understand it's kind of cute and everything, but still, as the point that you're making, that, which is a great point though, in general, still, that yeah, you don't understand the seriousness of these kinds of statements. But like, how is that a joke? It's, like, it's really not divided, a joke. So it shouldn't fall. be a like, joke. How is that funny? It, I don't get it. It shouldn't be a joke. Um, I know in different. I get that it's meant to be. Right. But it's not funny. No, I sound and, like my mom over here, but I'm like, in no, order to I be know a joke, it has to be funny. No, that's what you're saying, because I used to be in a NASCAR, so it was like two different NASCAR drivers. You joke, oh, it's a house divided. So, yeah, yeah it's, you know, it's, it's that's not the point. But thinking of it, in, I mean, in, in sports sense is a little bit different, but... Still, but that's how we've made it. Like that's how it's been. So, it. right. so it's like, but this, that's the way that every that's the so way that everything. So when you talk about happens. a country being divided, will certainly fall. Right. It, it starts from these little tiny things like this. That like once you start like, joking about it, because now it's just a joking matter. Right. Like, we don't even realize that no, Christ literally spoke these words and is telling you. Well, not only that, he's also telling you too that it's demonic. Yeah. Any division like that that's but fighting against that itself because it's completely now it's demonic. Like, Haha, right. like, I've and I don't know. I I believe in a pre trip or rapture, if you have said that many times, but I don't know exactly. The United States is not mentioned anywhere in Scripture. So something at all. has to happen to Especially it. Especially in, in, in the end times. It's not spoken of at all. It says out to the distant coastlands, four corners of the earth. I mean, you can you can stretch arguments to say that the, the, the United States is directly spoken of. I don't believe oh, that it is directly. It, it's referred to. Definitely mm-hmm. referred, you get not, but th- that's just land at the other side of the you know the other side of the planet so that that's not necessarily we have to stop existing or being a major playing power at some point yeah so so the and if we're really getting this close to christ's second coming then that whole us falling off the face of the map is like a ticking time bomb i saw an i read i didn't read it but i did see an article the other day about um how the United States is not like Rome and will not fall like Rome, even though it's divided. And I, when I saw the headline of that, I was like, "Wow, we even have the headline of this, <laughs> and we don't think that." So I, I didn't, I didn't even read it because I was just like, just because that headline exists, yeah, I don't need to to read anymore. Hmm. Uh, all right. This is a good one. Twenty nine. Twenty nine. You'll have to explain who's whom in this. Yeah, now this one, I'm not going to go too far into because this one might fit into to the End Times podcast somehow. But. Well, this will be, this will make it into the End Times I podcast. was going to say it might make it in. I guarantee it will. Or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven. People, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven in this age or the age to come. Jesus, uh... Going back to 29 there with the uh, Satan and the strong man. Jesus bound Satan, making him completely powerless from stopping him from proclaiming coming to earth and proclaiming the good news. Uh, In the house, obviously, is the 
sinful world, the sinful earth uh, that we uh, live in. And Satan had the power over the house until the coming of Christ in the way of um, accusation, bringing accusations against man. Uh, plundering the house means rescuing the people from from the kingdom of God. Or I'm sorry, not from for the kingdom of God. We're the plunder. So we are the plunder. <laughs> Satan. Satan is the owner. strong man. Yeah. Uh, and the owner of the house. Yeah. And obviously Jesus is the one that bound him. And this will come up again in our end times podcast, and I will go further into how this fits in in that one but to to give that yeah we're the plunder satan is the, the house and jesus comes in and wants the good binds him and wants the goods 33 that's also why the thief in the night mm-hmm. fits in real well too because he's going to come like a thief in the night to come and plunder the goods of the house jesus to, is the thief jesus is the thief but I'm getting ahead of myself for my end times. 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. This is one that I quote consistently all the time, that I tell the kids, that I, re- that I reference um, political leaders with a lot. Every day. Every day. I say, okay, if you're going and he's not just talking about your life works this isn't just general philosophy for life jesus here that's just preaching this all to the yeah just to the world here that he's just you know either be a good person or be a bad person that's not what he's saying you know okay he's talking about believers these are this is spiritual fruit it is this fruit and that comes from the belief in Christ and the belief in So either that fruit, either make it good fruit and follow him, or don't because it's impossible to do both. He goes on to 34, you brood of vipers, which is a... A derogatory term towards these religious leaders. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. He wraps it up right there, and it is plain and simple, and it doesn't require any commentary or any special knowledge to understand what Christ is saying right here. Mm-hmm. He's saying that you cannot be both. You cannot live this lifestyle where you are both. You cannot be slanderous and say these things and evil and not follow him and and be concerned with the cares and affairs of this world and not focused on Christ and 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 these things. You can't do it. 
that's not my words that's his words he's saying be one or the other yeah either you're with me or you're against me you cannot be both so if you think that there's some sort of compromise that is okay for you to go on a side that you're like well maybe i should no it's it's okay because it's for the greater good no there's no such thing you will give account for every every careless word that you speak well like you've said it before not that we're necessarily saying this is how it's going to happen but imagine if just think for a second imagine if on whatever day you have to stand before god you're just standing there with like a printout of your social media posts yeah that's my favorite one that that's exactly what it is is like do you understand okay regardless of where you stand on the immigration or sad or not just from mexican but the syrian immigration all these all these crises of immigrants yeah you want to stand before christ one day and 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 say that you said this about this poor little child yeah that you said something yeah. like oh god on him they deserve to eat it or whatever it is. I, I mean, I've yeah. seen atrocious things on this. Oh, well, and we're, all the things that we're in, talking in about comments. that we saw are from self-proclaiming Christians. Sure, absolutely. That like that's why I said it's it's compromise. They've 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 given compromise because of a religious system in politics. Yeah. So they've given compromise to it, thinking that they've they they can mix Jesus along in with it, and with that they've had to compromise. Yep. You have to because it, every careless word you speak, you're not defending any greater good by by saying this against a child of God, regardless of where they're at, regardless of what color what they are, line they what imaginary within. line they're from. So you we we all have to be careful, and yes, that includes that includes me, that includes you, that includes all of us. We need to be careful, and we weigh this. So we're not just saying this; we weigh these things every single day with knowing that every word that we speak is going to be judged. Every careless thing, every stupid thing, not for us in the way of good or bad, but. Um, for for believers rather because for us it'll be a judgment of really you could have done a lot better you know like you know th that type of judgment um but for those well, that's who where everything will be based off of but then that 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 adds another interesting element in here too then because it's saying that these your words you'll be condemned by your words well, wait a minute. This is an evil. We're talking about a person of God here, a believer of God. Well, so that, but then, oh, but then, wait a minute. He's telling me that heart. there's two types of things. There's the good fruit and there's bad fruit. Mm -hmm. So there's two types of believers. There's good fruit and ones that produce good fruit, and you can believe in God and not the do these works that. and produce bad fruit. And this is what he's saying. Yeah, you can believe that's fine, but don't do that. Just be bad and just, I'd rather have you not say anything and just be bad than try to use my name and and try to paint yourself as good. And you can't do that. And, and those people that do do that will be condemned for their words. It says, by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. So it's one or the other. It's two. It's that, that flow there. It's the good or the evil. What are you going to choose?
I went off on a little bit on that one, didn't I? A little bit. A little bit, sorry. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. Again, testing him. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except for the sign of the prophet of Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The, Nine the men of Nineveh will rise up at judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of jo Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up at judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Right, that had a lot of different things in it. Um, I mentioned at the beginning, they're testing him. Like, teacher, we want to see a sign from you. I'm like, really? I just healed a man with a withered hand and you said this was yeah, by I've Satan. Yeah, I've done a million things. Like, I haven't done enough did. for you? Yeah. <laughs> it's not really what you're wanting here. Yeah, that's not what you want. And then he proceeds to go... Well, just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. What does that mean? Whoa. You literally just gave them so much information that they had no idea what you said. But he already gave them so much information that they just, they had no idea what they were hearing. Uh... Three days in the belly of the fish, so the Son of Man will be three days in the heart of the earth by the death, burial, and resurrection. Mm -hmm. um, the men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment of this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, uh, we know that, that, obviously, if you go read Jonah, mm -hmm. Nineveh repented. Jonah wasn't too happy about it because he's like, really, God, you said you were going to destroy him. Yeah. He's, yeah, he really wasn't happy about it, but they repented of their evil deeds, which I suggest Jonah's a really cool story. It's kind of a trip, but I'm sure we'll get to it at some point. But if you want to go read it on your own, it's good. It's an awesome book. Jesus, speaking of Jonah here, confirms that Jonah was an actual real-life person. Mm -hmm. This is a lot of people just it's story, debated yeah. that Jonah and the way this is just a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. Jesus speaking of him as a literal person who went to Nineveh uh, gives indication that he was a real person, real prophet. Um some greater than Jonah obviously what Jesus is saying here is he's like, look, these things, these people repented at, at Jonah. I'm way better than Jonah. Mm -hmm. Queen of the South came uh, all the way to hear Solomon's wisdom. Something a lot smarter than Solomon is here. Mm -hmm. And he was biblically the wisest man you guys aren't that we have. Catching on to and that, you guys aren't though. getting any of this yet. Uh, so that's what that whole little chunk is right there. Going to going into verse 43. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through a waterless places seeking rest, but it finds none. 
Then it says, I will return to the house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the person is worse than the first. So also will it be with this evil generation. It's kind of funny that Jesus went in this whole thing to explain that a lot of what happens with demons and just evil and actually are human... Uh, I guess our human uh, nature, our sinful human nature, that these things, like once, once we get, once we rid our lives of these things, these demons, mm -hmm. and we clean the house, we put it back in order, which is our lives. We get our lives ordered. We get right back on the right track. Uh, that battle never ever goes away and those spirits will continue to come back to your house and continue to disturb you trying to get back inside mm -hmm. that would be trying to get you to fall trying to get you to sin um, if you do you have to be careful because you fall hard because it brings back seven more with it that are worse than the first so now your battle's going to be even harder than it was before. Which is insane to think about. Yeah. And Jesus, what Jesus is referring here and telling uh, the Pharisees, or this generation here, the Pharisees, the religious leader who he's, he's speaking with, is he saying that, you know, the house of Israel has been swept clean so many times. God has delivered Israel many, many times. And it is, evil has come back and got in and taken over. And it's gotten worse than it was before. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the way that it is with this generation. I'm standing here right in front of you. I am your salvation. I am offering you this kingdom. I am offering you. I've given you all of the sides. I have given you everything, and you are not accepting it. Yeah. Which? Because you are so blinded by your own evil deeds, and by now countless number of demons that you're fighting against. And it's fascinating because it's when it goes out of a person, it passes through waterless places places seeking rest but it finds none it's restless so it comes back it will always come back um, they have nowhere to go they have nowhere to go uh, so that's what in context he's, he's he's explaining to them you know like your deliverance is here but you're missing it because you're so just drowned in evil but for us it works the same way I mean we 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 let these things back in our lives we tamper with these things and it just make our it just makes our battle harder mm -hmm. so we know once we've we've fallen to these sins that uh that it's it, it's you know that we've uh added a, a new enemy onto ourselves it's going to be very difficult and he offers rest to it sure you know i mean we just read that his burden is light you know but it doesn't go away 
and so you have to be conscious of every free will decision that you have alright verse 46 while he was still speaking to the people and remember he's saying this all at home we were just talking about how this starts from the inside and it works his way out all this stuff is in his hometown all of this is you know and he's like really and then even here his family is like this his his opposition is really starting to cap off here by the end of this chapter because now it's even gone into his mother and his brothers you know uh to his family because um, they were they were probably likely uh trying to get jesus attention and trying to get him to bring him back to his senses like dude what are you saying all these things for even they didn't fully understand and accept mm -hmm. what he was saying so verse 46 while he was still speaking to the people behold his mother and his brother stood outside asking to speak to him but he replied to the man who told him who is my mother and who are my brothers and stretching out his hand towards his disciples he said here are my mother and my brothers for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah i mean his his messianic mission takes priority over his family loyalty so he's like um i have these people to deal with this is my mother this is my brother i i don't this takes priority even over my personal family everybody's right here well this is where we don't i think we really don't understand a lot of this because if you look at it it makes Jesus kind of sound like a jerk. It does. It lets you understand what he's saying. Right. right. But exactly. like in our cultural Right. You could read this and not understand it. Yeah, like, because you can't. Uh, Jesus is rude. That's why I added in there. I thought family is first. I yeah. thought blood's thicker than water. I thought, you know, we have all of these things, even within uh, the Christian circle, that, um, well, family comes first family is forever oh you know what i actually um one of the moms who wrote for our free homeschool magazine she uh posted one day she was going through her house and getting rid of a bunch of stuff but she really felt convicted to look at the decor she had in her home and hold it up to a biblical microscope and that's see awesome what's and you know what it was funny whoops oh now you're yelling at it's Sorry. messing with microphone but it was funny because it was like just recently, it was just a couple weeks after I had done the same thing with my coffee mugs. Mm -hmm. So it was funny that, yeah. which I didn't post or share anything about. So it was funny that we both essentially were doing the same Around thing, the same like time. completely not knowing it. Because um, that's when I went through all of my coffee mugs, all the sayings, and was like, if it does not hold up biblically, I'm getting rid of it. Yeah, no, that's um, But she did that with her home decor. And so she was parked outside of the... Because there's so much of this home decor now that is completely non-biblical. Exactly, Completely. but we don't look at it through yeah, a biblical we don't, scope. We don't, we don't see it. So that's what she was sharing on, and she said she went through it, and she had all these really cute signs and stuff, and she was sitting in her car outside of the thrift shop, like getting ready to go in and donate, you know, all the stuff or whatever that she was dropping off, and um, especially the ones like family is forever. And she was sitting there breaking it down, you know, and talking about it, and she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what are we doing? And what is this idea that we, I mean, most of us don't even think a thing of it, right? But it's verses like this that make you kind of stop and go, hold on, where are my priority? Mm -hmm. Like where, whoa, what is forever? Because Christ is what's forever. Mm -hmm. My eternity that I can even think about having 
is because of his sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we, we, Nothing hold on, because I did, yeah. we hold on to these things and we misconstrue these things. And, um, I mean, well-meaningly, we do these different various things. And, that you know, that's kind of one of them. But um, I always think about her, you know, in that story because yeah, she got rid of so. all of those, you know, family-type things i mean specifically were the ones that she had on there but then you look at like this verse here and yeah i mean no that's exactly what he's gosh jesus well that's what he's saying though is he's saying you know he's getting rid of all the cliche and just getting to the real truth of the matter there so yeah that's good application but yeah i mean it's it's hard to it's hard to get that out of this but what his family was doing was they were like what is this dude doing you know, like he is saying some crazy stuff. And I mean, you think of Mary, like she had an angel appear to her and explain to her this process. And then still at this point, she's even not understanding still completely mm-hmm. because of this message that Jesus is preaching. They just were blown away by it. Mm-hmm. They're like, this is not what we're looking for. I am looking for this this awesome kingdom and for Rome to be fought and the rich to be, or for the poor to be rich and the rich to be poor mm-hmm. and all these things. So that, you know, even then they were like, well, you know, maybe we misunderstood. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. But no, nope, definitely not. You, he, you didn't misunderstand. Mm-hmm. Or you misunderstood. He didn't, he didn't misunderstand his own. No, not at all. All right. Well, that finishes up 11 and 12. I hope everybody enjoyed it. This one we had a lot of fun with. Yeah. And we'll be back uh, with 13, 14 next week. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks, guys.